0: the ultimate problem in our nation is a spiritual problem not a political problem welcome to the one cry podcast a nationwide call for spiritual awakening the goal accelerating the movement of god through sharing revival truth stories and reports and now your hosts bill elliff and kyle reno Well,
1: welcome to the one cry podcast uh Kyle, we've had the greatest time the last few weeks looking at seven primary responses uh, in Revival Awakening, and today is a big word, right? There we go. Very misunderstood word, the word repentance. When I think about that word, I think about a guy. uh, I used to pastor in Oklahoma, and there was a guy that walked the streets of downtown Oklahoma City uh, with big sandwich Board oh, and boy. it said, turn or burn. You <laughs> right. know, turn or burn. and fry I, you or know, fry, it, it, shake it, or bait. Yeah, <laughs> right. it, it stuck in my mind. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way to communicate repentance or not. Who knows? I mean, God <laughs> may have used it with some. Right. Uh, and I appreciated his courage in mm-hmm. doing that. But Talk to us for just a few minutes yeah. about what real repentance is yeah. and its role in revival and awakening.
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's a very important role, but it is misunderstood. I, I think even what you're sharing about, and I don't know the obviously the motive of that man's heart, but religion ruins anything. Uh, it, it really ruins what God intended. And I, when I say that, I, I mean religion like a form of godliness that denies God's power and his desire in the lives of people. and Repentance many times is portrayed by religion as really penance. It's what I mean by that. What I say is that God comes to us and we stand before him and he declares how bad we are and we just sort of grovel and shame and sort of beat ourselves up. I remember I had a guy one time saying, man, repentance is not taking your spiritual baseball bat and beating yourself into submission and you walk away merely more ashamed, that, that's not repentance. And so I think we really need to understand what is true repentance, and what does that mean for me? What does that mean for the bride of Christ? What does that mean in light of revival? And a definition that I have that I've gleaned from many others is that true repentance is when we finally see our sin, we agree with God's assessment of it, and we move the opposite direction. I'll say it again. That true repentance is when we finally see our sin... We agree with God's assessment of it, and we move in the opposite direction. So here's just a question, because we don't want you to just pick up information. Let me talk to you, listener, personally for a second in this. When's the last time in the presence of God that you could actually see your sin? And I'm not talking uh, about—I find this in me, even. I'll do this. I'm not talking about being able to randomly pick out something that you're sure you struggle with like arbitrarily picking out from some sin list in the Bible. Yeah, I got that going on in me. I'm talking about that moment where you see your sinfulness in light of the holiness of God. And this plays out Isaiah. I love this moment where where Peter in the presence of Jesus in Luke 5, 8, when Simon Peter saw what the Lord just did, he saw the awesomeness of God in flesh right before him, and he fell down, it says, at Jesus' knees, and he said, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So here's Peter in the presence of God incarnate right there in front of him. He sees his sinfulness and he's like, man, I am not like you. I got a lot of stuff going on in me. We need those moments. We need those moments where we see our sin. And if I could just talk personally to you, I hope there's pastors that are listening to this, that are that are trying by God's grace and all the strength of spirit to lead people toward Jesus, but we're also sheep. And, and I find this tendency in me, even in leadership, and I see it in the church, that we can spend hours on end talking about doctrine. We can spend hours on end talking about culture, and Lord knows there's a lot to talk about. In, in recent decades, it feels like we could spend hours on end talking about church leadership, and practices and forms and wineskins and all those things, but most of us have not learned how to cultivate a conversation long enough over a cup of coffee about our own sinfulness, about our own struggles. We're not aware enough of what's going on deep inside of us, and the truth is if we want revival, we need moments. Personally and as a people, we need moments in God's presence where we see our sin. We see it for what it is. And not to shame us. Hear this now. Not, not to shame us, but to set us free. Like to set us loose, to set us on fire. That God does in repentance some really good work. And once we see it, we agree with God's assessment. I mean, we, we know this passage of Scripture, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins... He is, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I I had many, for a while, a bad thought around confession as well. Confession's not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not groveling before God saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and just pleading for, "Don't, don't strike me down. That confession is what when I actually agree with God about what He's revealing in my life. Confession is when I'm agreeing with what God sees in me. So I heard a guy one time I'm talking about this, and it just ruined me. It's when I get so close to God, and He looks into me and shows me, hey, Kyle, that motive you got right there, that thought that's coming through your mind, the way you're responding that way the the reason why you're positioning yourself is because that's pride. And when I see it and I say to the Lord, Lord, I want you to know I see what you see. That motive is pride. That when God leans in and says, "Hey, that that right there, Kyle, the reason why you're 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 biting back at someone in that moment, the reason why you're you feel a uh, as you're struggling with what's going on over there, and, and, and you're a little, you know, you you can't quite come to grips. Why why is that not happening right here? That Kyle, that's, you got envy down in there. And that I don't make excuses, or I, or I don't even try to uh, say more than this, Lord, that's envy in me. That it, if it's bitterness or if it's lust, that's when you go, hey, when the Lord shows you, hey, that thought, that thought right there, the, that that lingering right there, that what that is is really less. And I, and I agree with God about what He sees in me. Here's the thing. Let me tell you what I love. I didn't grow up in church or around the things of God. And so everything was new to me from 19 to 40. You know, I'm, I'm in these 21 years learning how to walk with God. And, but if I could boil it down, and I do this often with people I'm discipling, one of the things I love most about God is this, is that when... I get real with God, He gets real with me. That when I get real with God about things in me, God will get real with me about those very things. That when I come honestly before Him, He shows me stuff. Let me tell you what I've learned about confession, which is a part of repentance. Confession promises a clean start. And man, if I know anything, I bet no matter where you are right now listening, I bet you need a clean start in some areas. I bet you needed some, some times of refreshing in your life. And, and not only that, repentance starts moving us in the right direction. So it's beautiful. Like God is, look, look at what He's doing in our repentance. He's given us a clean start, and He's moving us in the right direction. So repentance is not some bad, ugly, awful word. It's beautiful. It's liberating. So he's hardwired into this. And I love what Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 16, Paul, like entreating us to move the right direction, he says, look carefully how you walk. Look carefully the direction of your life, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Uh, An unrepentant heart, an unrepentant person is just moving toward a life that doesn't matter. It's moving away from the direction of God, the power of God. That real repentance always comes with real steps. That God's not desiring for us to walk away ashamed. God's desiring for us to walk away toward things that matter in the right direction. And and here's, here's the truth. We're not really ready to repent until we're really ready to change. We're not really ready to repent till we're really ready to change. A guy that discipled me said one time, and man, it just stuck in my spirit. Until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain to change, we're not ready to change. Man, I thought, well, think about that. Until you get into the presence of God and you see your sin as it is, you're going like, God, I don't want to be like this anymore. And so I'm willing to make some course corrections. I'm willing to move a different direction. And so, let me tell you what I hope happens. And this this sounds hurtful, but I promise you, it's helpful. I, I hope that the Lord makes us just sick in some areas of sin, and we're going like, I just I need to be changed. I I, I need to move up a different direction. And here here's here's the best news because it always gets back to God. I mean, if it if it just ends with you, then we're in trouble. If it ends with me. Then, then we're in trouble. But it always, our move toward Him always shows us and avails ourselves for God's movement toward us. Here's the best news God meets us in our repentance and He does the miraculous. God meets us in our repentance and He does the miraculous. I think that's what we see in Acts 3, verses 19 and 20. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Now, I know primarily we're talking about salvation in this moment, but I assure you this applies to our sanctification. This applies to the setting apart of sons and daughters for the purposes of God. So when anyone that's listening, or let's just even get big in our belief, or everyone in your church comes under the conviction of the Holy Spirit about specific sin and their lives and they repent God's promise is I do stuff that when we do our part as he reveals and repent God restores God revives God, God brings about refreshing as we see so think about this when we take a step God sets us free man come on we take a step God's sets us free. We stop a habit, God snaps a chain. We stop a habit. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God sets us free from something. We make a confession, God does a cleansing. We make a confession, God does a cleansing. When we move away from the world, we are moving toward the Lord. When we put to death the flesh, we make ourselves ready for the life of the Spirit. For the life of god in us repentance here you go now brings about real change and to resist repentance is to resist real transformation to resist it these moments of repentance in our life continually is to resist what we want most to be transformed into the image of christ in everyday ways to embrace it though is to embrace the work of god to embrace repentance is to embrace it i i I love seeing what God does around the world. And you know in Romania, they actually call Christ's followers repenters. Like that's what they call a follower of Christ, repenters because it was so contrary to their culture that anyone would ever admit that they have issues, that they have fault. Man, wouldn't it be beautiful that if the world knew us as people that see our sin, but move from our sin to cross sufficiency to the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would become quick repenters. And here's just the bottom line. And I think you're listening to this because you want to experience revival personally. You want to see it in your church, and your city. But here's the truth. If If we want to see revival, God's looking for repentance. That if we want to see revival, God's looking for repentance. And you might be, listen, one turn One moment of repentance from personal revival. Your church may be one gathering, come on now, one gathering of getting truly repentant before God, for God to pour out His Spirit, to set people loose, set people free. But we got to do our part. we got to respond the way that He calls us to. And one of the seven responses we're looking at in these weeks is repentance.
1: So good, Kyle. And, you know, I, as you were talking, I keep thinking about that verse where Paul has uh, written to the Corinthian church, and he rebuked them mm. for not dealing with a man who was in sin. Right. And he writes in the second letter and says, man, I, I, it was hard for me to write that letter. I hate that it made you sorrowful, but it made you sorrowful to the point of repentance mm. And it brought about, and it, this is a phrase, a repentance without regrets. Wow. And there's something about, I know there have been many times where I've got caught with my hand in the cookie jar, <laughs> and I repented, but I had regrets. Mm. I valued that. Mm. I thought that was so good that it. I, I knew I had to turn right now, mm-hmm. but it, was, it wasn't very long before I went right back to mm-hmm. it. There's something about seeing sin for what it is right. That you turn and you, you have no regrets. That's right. You're thrilled that you've yeah. been re- liberated from mm-hmm. that. And that's what we're praying for, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I know uh, one of the greatest Christians I know, Sammy Tippett, mm. was involved deeply in the Romanian revival that mm. happened. And when the when the watchword of that revival, and we're going to hear about it in this interview, mm-hmm. is was let the repenters, the wow. Christians... Repent. Wow. Watch and listen to Sammy Tippett. Well, I am so excited today to have one of my dear friends and, and to me, a man who's uh, a hero of the faith in our day, uh, Sammy Tippett. And Sammy uh, has been traveling all over the world for many, many years. Uh, got his start in the Jesus movement. That's a whole another story, Sammy, we'll cover one day on one of these broadcasts. Uh, but uh, if I could spend time telling you the tens of thousands of people that God has used to come to faith and, and to revival uh, through Sammy's life and ministry, you, you would think I was uh, giving some ministerial exaggeration. So it's great to have you with us, Sammy, and uh, we're just so thrilled that you're here.
0: Well, thank you, Bill. And it's always a blessing to be with you. And and man, what a joy it is for us just to be able to get together like this and and share about the things that are really on our heart.
1: That's right. Uh, well, and by the way, one of the exciting things that's happened is Sammy has developed a an app, a discipling app that is going to go literally all over the world. And uh, he's allowing our One Cry podcast to be a part of that, which is uh, really a gracious uh, thing. We'll tell you more about that app later. Uh, but today we're talking, Sammy, about repentance. And and uh, the reason that we really wanted to interview you is because you understand this topic so well, and particularly uh, through a, a great historical revival that we're going to talk about in just a minute. But talk for us just for a a minute or two, about what repentance
0: is in your understanding. Well, of course, biblically speaking, repentance is a change of heart, a change of direction, a change of mind. And uh, one of the things I think we need to keep in mind when we talk about revival and its relationship to repentance is that the end of revival is not revival. (laughs) The end of revival is the glory of Jesus. And how is he glorified? he's glorified when we become like him. Now, you can't become like him by staying the same way you are today. (laughs) You've got to be changing. And the whole of the Christian life is, is change. And so what happens is we become stagnant often in our Christian life. And that stagnation can come from just complacency. It can come from sin Mm-hmm. It can come from wrong attitudes, broken relationships. A lot of things can cause that stagnation, and, and we get satisfied with it. And so there's got to be a change of mind about it, a change of heart about the sin, about the direction, about the, the complacency, whatever it might be. There's got to be a change of heart if we're going to become like Christ. And so revival is going to put us on the road to becoming like Jesus, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and then you find in, in an awakening, when a whole community is awakened, then the, the church is is on the road, the path of becoming like Christ, and then it begins to impact the world around it for Christ. So, you know, that that's to me the relationship of repentance and revival.
1: You know, I've often said we, everybody does what they think is valuable, you know if i think oreo cookies are valuable to me i'm going to go i'm going to go get them right and sad, sadly and to repent uh, there has to be a change of that value structure you know i thought i thought this sin was so wonderful but a, I come to see that it's not valuable and christ is more valuable than that so that i make the turn and I know, uh, Sammy, years ago, in an extraordinary movement of God in Romania, you had the privilege. This was when it was still under communist control, but you you had the privilege of being right in the middle of that work. And uh, and I know the, the theme of what God did in Romania uh, had to do with repentance. So uh, tell us a little bit of that story, how that began, uh, how what part repentance uh, played in that, and, and what part repentance should play in the coming revival here in our nation?
0: Well, I went into Romania in 1980 for the first time, and the revival had already <laughs> taken place. I mean, it was uh, w- they were in the throes of it, and it continued on for the next 10 years, uh, maybe, or more, uh, where there was just this extraordinary move of God's Spirit. When I went in Uh, I was asked to come and preach an evangelistic meeting at the church, first of all, where the revival started. And I got there an hour early because we had a music group and they were gonna set up the the sound equipment. And uh, an hour before the service started, we couldn't get in (laughs) because the church was so packed with people praying. And so there were two basic characteristics of that revival. One was prayer and the other was repentance. Now, in 1975, five years before when, when I went in, there was a pastor there by the name of Livio Ola, and uh, God just broke his heart, and uh, he preached a message. First of all, he, he began to teach the people to pray and he taught them to pray in an extraordinary way, that one day they would stand in the stadiums and preach the gospel, and and people thought, Pastor, you're crazy, (laughs) you know, that this could never happen. And he said, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So he taught the people to pray, but then he preached on repentance. Now, that church at that time in Romania, Christians were persecuted severely. It was under communist domination, probably greater persecution than any country in the Eastern Bloc countries, besides Albania. Uh, but, but Romania had just tremendous persecution. And the church, this church, uh, the Second Baptist, or what's now known as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, was um, a sleepy church. It wasn't a bad church. It was good. It was comfortable, had several hundred people attending, uh, just kind of getting along in the midst of this darkness and and persecution. And one Sunday morning during a baptismal service, the pastor preached on repentance. And And this was his message, the repenters must repent. Now, you have to understand that Romanian believers were called repenters. That was a derogatory term. It wasn't something nice. I mean, they were called repenters. Uh, by the world because their lives had been changed by Christ. And so they were called repenters. But he said this, the repenters must repent. And the church actually entered into a covenant of repentance. And and they there was a change. And within six months, that church had baptized 200 people. Now, in a uh, Communist setting, <laughs> baptism was very, very dangerous. It was not something looked upon nicely, and so uh, God just moved in that church, and then it began to spread throughout that whole region of Romania, and ultimately it spread to the whole nation. But 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 God, that it began when the pastor called for repentance, and the church repented. Right. Uh, uh, build there, there were two areas which repentance took place uh, specifically. One was the, the church and the Christians were in a communist country and in a communist country, the culture was that you know everybody worked, but you went to work to the, at the factory and why work hard? Why be diligent? Because everybody got paid the same amount, you couldn't you know everybody was everybody was equally poor. And so there was no incentive for work, and so consequently, the Christians fell into that same thing. And one of the things that they repented of was that they had been slothful in their work. Wow. And so they repented and went back to the factories, and they became the best workers in the factories. Now, what that did was that built a platform for witnessing and sharing the gospel, and so they began to lead uh, the, some of the communists and some of the persecutors to Christ in the church. And so there, there was a, because they had been changed, the people around them saw they had been changed and they wanted what they had. So that mm-hmm. that was the first thing, the repentance. But the primary thing was, and I, I listen, uh, after the revolution took place and freedom came to Romania, I was able, and some friends in Romania gave me a copy of the message that was preached uh, that, uh, that Sunday morning at the baptismal service. And it's kind of an interesting story because uh, they were, the pastor, Pastor Liviu, he felt like we need to make a public declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so we're going to have a public baptism in a, outside in a body of water. Wow. And so the government said, no, you're not. And the government would not permit them to do that. And so he was so brokenhearted because he wanted to reach people with the gospel. And so that Sunday morning, I listened to his message, and I'm telling you, Bill, it was absolutely amazing. He preached on the world is going to hell and Christians don't care. Wow. And he preached that the, the, the attitude, the heart attitude of Christians needed to change. And he used those words, the repenters must repent. And he called the church to repent over their lack of love and concern and compassion for the lost. Now, this you, you couldn't record something officially in, in Romania during those days. So a lady had smuggled in a tape recorder in her purse and had it, and and of course, was secretly recording this message. So she was sitting in the congregation, and you could hear this message. But as as he preached on this, you could begin to hear people snipple. Then you heard them cry. Then you heard them bawling. And, And pretty soon as he's preaching, you can't hear him. All you can hear is the people weeping over their sin, and they were broken. And there was this spirit of brokenness that just fell on the people, and God came in that moment. And there was a there was a change of heart among believers towards the lost world.
1: You know, and, and you have to
0: remember, they were being persecuted. They were yeah, being persecuted.
1: It's going to cost them something. Right. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, Sammy. We, in the American church, which is a sleepy church, just, right. just as you've described. Even those of us who are intent on revival, when we think about repentance, we think about, well, from this little sin, that little sin, this attitude, not treating my wife right. Rarely do we think we have our mouths are closed regarding the gospel. Yeah. The reason one of the reasons they're closed, we just don't care about lost people. Yeah. No. And, and that repenting of that, which is what would lead to a great awakening, is like in the, in the Welsh revival when one of the uh, watchwords of the revival is confess Christ openly, which was witness, you know, just boldly witness. But that's so far out of our thinking that, that it doesn't uh, – do you, you see what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't even seem like it's on our radar as a, as a church – here in America, we want to confess abortion and we want to confess all the sins and the ills of our our nation, which we should, and our personal sins, but we don't, for some reason, a lack of boldness and passion for the lost doesn't, doesn't even come up in our thinking. You you think that's accurate?
0: You know, one of the things that I think is happening, and I'm gonna go first back to the Romanian church and then come back to our, our situation in America. You have to remember that the people, there were people who opposed them. There were people who hated them. There were people who stood for things that they did not stand for. Their children were taught in school, there is no God. And they had to go to public school. So, so, so you have to remember, that's the culture in which they're living. And, and so these were the enemies of everything they believed in. And yet their hearts were broken. And they begin to weep for them and pray for them. And I think what's happened today is there's so much political and uh, activity that we've chosen up sides. And we see people who are against us, what we believe in, what we stand for, and we've lost compassion for them. We only see them as our enemies. And that's the attitude. We need to repent and say, oh, God, you love them. You know, I would say we need to think of, okay, who is it that I, you know, just despise? Mm -hmm. Well, have you ever prayed for them to come to Christ? Mm -hmm. That's the change of mind. That's the change of heart. Who is it uh, that you you see as, as, you know, wanting to just tear down everything you believe in? Have you wept for them? Have you cried out to God for them? That's the repentance, I think, the heart attitude that, that we need change today, that if that were to happen, uh, we, we would see God do incredible things.
1: I don't know that I've seen, uh, Sammy, maybe in the 60s we saw a little bit of this, such cultural uh, division uh, and, and rioting and kind of a spirit of anarchy you know, in our land, uh, and yet exactly. It's, it's even as believers, we, it's us and them, you know, we put, put them on one side instead of saying, no, you know, Jesus, he didn't really talk that much about government issues in his day. He, he came to seek and to save the lost. And that's why he was there. That, that revival that happened began there in, in Aradia and spread across the country. It ultimately led though to a a uh, the liberation of their nation, right? And, and that's right. Tell us a yeah. bit about that because this, this is one of the most amazing stories in human history.
0: Yeah, so actually and, and, and it kind of brings the point we were talking about is the ultimate problem in our nation is a spiritual problem, not a political problem. Right. And uh, so what, what happened is they prayed the revival was contained in a region of Romania, it was on the West side, there were borders, so you couldn't get across. On the East side, there were mountain ranges and they didn't have transportation. So they, it was contained because the message couldn't go forth. A friend asked me, said, Sammy, you have a vehicle. You can get to the other side of the mountains. Can we go together with you to the other side of the mountains and, and tell everybody what's happening? So we started doing that. And we saw this incredible hunger on the other side of the mountains. For eight years, we did that. and. Uh, from 1980 to 1988, and the revival, we just saw the the revival spreading uh, throughout the nation. Well, in 1988, I was arrested. I was put out of the country and told I would never be allowed back in the country. In 1989, one year later, uh, there was a pastor uh, in Timișoara, a a city uh, uh, that's a university city on the western side of the country, and major city, and uh, this pastor was to be arrested, and Christians from all the churches, from all the denominations, went to his apartment complex, and they, they joined arm in arm to, to make a circle to protect him. Well, the Securitate, secret police, came in and began to fire into the crowd, killing innocent men, women, and children, and wounding many. And this was an outrage in the country, and so the people, and I'm not talking about Christian people, I'm talking about the, the common, ordinary person who had been brainwashed with atheism all their lives, gathered in the main square to protest what had happened. Peter Dugalescu, a pastor friend of mine, stood and began to preach. And as he began to preach, in one divine moment, God intervened. And this crowd of tens of thousands, 100, 200,000 people began to shout, exista Dumneseo, existo Dumneseo, There is a God. There is a God. There is a God. And it was like faith erupted in the hearts of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And, and, and they began to shout, God is with us. God is with us. Well, this spread to every major urban center in the nation. Friends of mine called and said, Sammy, that which we have prayed for for so long has finally happened. Come back to the country. Come back. Well, I, I left the U.S. I flew to Vienna, Austria. Friends picked me up. We drove across uh, Hungary to the Romanian border to the, where Radia was. And I knew that my name was in the computer. not welcome. We didn't know who was in charge. The, the, the revolution was going on, but we knew one thing. We knew the first question to ask always at the border was, do you have Bibles? If you had Bibles, you were in trouble. We pulled up to the border that night. I'll never forget it. I have a picture of it here in my office. But we pulled up to the border that night, and it was snow coming down. It was cold. It was dark. No one was going into the country. Everybody was trying to leave the country because of the revolution. We were the only car there. The guards came out said, get out of the car. And they asked this question, are you Christians? My whole heart began to beat. And I said, yes, we're Christians. And then I'll never forget what happened. That guard threw his arms open wide and said, welcome <laughs> to the new Romania. Oh, my. And it, Right there on that very spot, we knelt and we gave glory and honor and praise to Jesus Christ. Wow. And oh, I tell you what, I went into the country and I saw things that I had never seen in my life. Mm-hmm. People on the streets. I'm not talking about church people. I'm talking about people on the streets would run up and just begin to shout, there is a God, there is a God, there is a God. The Romanian flag was flying and and all over the country, and a hole had been cut in the middle of it, everywhere, everywhere you went. And that hole was a symbol of communism. <laughs> it had been ripped out of the flag. When God moved, the political landscape changed. changed. Wow. Everything changed. And remember the prayer that pastor taught the people to pray, that one day they'd stand in the great stadiums and and on television and radio preach the gospel? Mm -hmm. The believer said, Sammy, you must come back when it warms up, and you must stand in a stadium and preach the gospel. And for the first time in the history of Romania in May of 1990, I stood in a stadium and proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my interpreter turned to me and said, Sammy, do you know what today is? And I said, what's today? He says, today is the day that God answered the prayer that our pastor taught us to pray. <laughs> yes. So so I, I, I'm telling you, Bill, it's just, it's just absolutely a nation was transformed. Now that doesn't mean that everybody became Christians and everything's perfect, but I want to right. tell you something. That right. nation is not the same nation that I okay. went into in the 1980s.
1: Well, and dramatic cultural change, transformation, dramatic governmental change, uh, and which just illustrates and boy, what a critical truth for us to see right now that the way the nation, any nation is changed is not merely politically, it's spiritually. You change the hearts. I mean, the reason there's racial divide is the hearts, you know, of people. And when we began at the house of God to repent, uh, God opens up the door and uses us. Sammy. Uh, we could talk about this all day long. And, uh, but I am so thankful that you came on today and uh, that you shared this with us. And uh, I just want to challenge all of us as we, as we finish this interview to repent, to repent, let the repentant, where is it that God is speaking to you and me today, that we need to have a change of mind, a change of value and to have God's mind and God's heart. And I would, I would uh, challenge everybody, as Sammy has, has taught us here this today, that perhaps one of the main places is our lack of love for lost people our hearts surely not beating in sync with Jesus if we don't love lost people, even people that really oppose us. So thank you so much, Sammy. And uh, would you would you just close us with a this interview with a word of prayer?
0: Sure. Father, thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we just love you because you first loved us. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us. And Lord, I pray that Lord, you would just give us a clear view, glimpse of him, of the Savior. And Father, whatever is in us, it's not like him. Change it, I pray. Mm-hmm. Change it in me, Father. I pray you make me more like Jesus today uh, than I was yesterday. Oh, God, work in me, Father. I pray you work character into me. Work the fruit of your spirit into my life, Lord. Make it a reality, not just a concept, Father. I pray that, Lord, you would just, uh, work this love for others into my heart, Father. And I pray for all of us that you would you would bring us to that place of brokenness, humility, transparency, and repentance, and that you would change us and make us more like Jesus. Thank you that you're going to do that, Father. Sin Revival, bless this podcast, Father. Bless this, this time, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Amen. Great to be with you.
1: Boy, it's so thrilling to hear that story from Sammy and uh he he was so involved in Romania and he watched these things happen and yeah. just a revival of repentance. Mm-hmm. Boy, don't we need that here, yeah. right? Yeah, I really mean, do. just you just think of the the level of evil mm-hmm. and darkness mm-hmm. and sin inside the church and yeah. outside the church. What if there was just this wholesale movement of repentance across our nation Mm -hmm. how beautiful that would be so let's pray for that and Kyle why don't you uh lead us and let's just cry out to God
2: for that kind of revival yeah Now please join us too as you're listening uh just ask the Lord to move that 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 spirit be in us Mm -hmm. so father I pray even now that you would help us to see those areas of our life. First, to see our sinfulness. God, I, I pray you would allow us to find ourselves in the powerful presence of Jesus mm-hmm. and to see your beauty and your holiness. And then inside of that, Lord, in those moments, to see ourselves a true assessment mm-hmm. of ourselves. Lord, show us motives, unpack stuff. Lord, pull the skin back and let us see the, the inner workings of our heart, our mind, will, emotion. God, in in ways that that are broken and Mm -hmm. sinful, Lord. And God, lead us to places of repentance. Let your loving kindness lead us to repentance, Lord, me and every listener and and across our our nation and the nations, God. And we know if revival is going to happen personally or as a people, then repentance is going to be a real part. And Mm -hmm. so we ask, Lord, for that spirit of repentance in the lives of your people. And Father, uh, we
1: don't, we don't see it or we would have already turned hmm. so would you do whatever is necessary in our lives to help us see our sin like you see it mm-hmm. and say about it what you say about it and and lord as as kyle said not your intent is not to shame us lord your intent is to redeem us yes. and lord we know we do things that we do because we think they're valuable. Hmm. So show us how worthless that path is and how valuable it is to turn and move in the other direction. And we know that's only by the empowering of Your Spirit and Your help. So Lord, we pray for a revival of repentance Hmm. across our nation Hmm. and around our world. Lord, let the repenters repent and let it begin with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, what an important topic. Yeah. And uh, again, we're looking at these seven responses. And we use that word very carefully because mm. they are responses. Right. Calls for something in us. And uh, thanks again for joining us. We want to encourage you uh, as you're watching today or listening today to like and subscribe and share this with other people. And also, as we mention every week, to go to the website foronecry.com onecry.com and all kinds of resources there. You can even pick up the book that we're featuring uh, right now, the One Cry book, A Nationwide Call for Spiritual Awakening. You can find it there on the website, and I think it will be a real help to you. So thanks again, and don't miss next week. We've got some wonderful stories of what God's doing around the country.